This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're speaking with Steve Archer, Head of the Innovation Incubator Group at Verizon Business. Thanks for joining us today, Steve. Great. Thanks for having me, Howard. Verizon recently announced that you will issue free medical identity credentials to 2.3 million U.S. physicians, physicians' assistants, and nurse practitioners. So tell us why you decided to make that move. One thing that people may not realize is that Verizon is actually a, a global leader in offering personal identity credentials and systems. We already service uh, the governments of more than 26 countries in dealing with their citizens and, and organizations. We support our federal government with identity management solutions for many different departments and organizations, and we've got hundreds of private global enterprises that we manage the, their systems for. By issuing the $2.3 million out to all of the acting physicians, the physician's assistants, nurse practitioners, and, and really the caregivers, we, we want to bring the entire system up to where it can start to, to use and leverage these, these credentials. You know, doctors work in many different hospitals, and, and in one hospital, in one area, they may have, have one login and credential, and they can go to a different ward or a different floor, department, whatever, and have to have something else. So the, the average is about 17 different identities that they manage. As you look at how do you make those multi-factor or uh, increase the, the security around the credentialing, they were looking at potentially facing a, a much even harder challenge of having, you know, if they've got 17 identities and all of a sudden you have to, to make it stronger and have multi-factor authentication and all these other requirements, it becomes a, a, a much more daunting exercise on their behalf. And what we're really trying to do uh, and, and hope to accomplish with, with issuing this single identity that can be consumed across the ecosystem is to really make their lives simpler but at the same time offer the ecosystem something that's stronger and better and uh, offers the additional security and, and benefits. So the main question I have is, how are you going to go about getting credentials into the hands of that many millions of clinicians, and how long is that going to take? Well, we're going to start in January, and uh, we've actually got a multi-pronged approach about how we're going to do it. So first off, uh, Verizon has what we're calling our medical data exchange, and that's in place, and it's already supporting a, a, a pretty big number of the healthcare ecosystem. It's there. We started out with um, the medical transcription companies, and what we're going to do is service the the members of the medical data exchange and their end users. So we're going to go with them first. I mentioned the transcription services were, were what helped start that. 95% of doctors use dictation and transcriptions as their means of uh, entering data into healthcare systems. So by servicing that part of the healthcare ecosystem, we've already got a vast number of users that we're going to be interfacing with. So we'll start with them and uh, credential and onboard our members of the, the data exchange and their users, and then also those that they communicate with. So if they're reaching out and communicating with somebody that's not part of the network, we'll credential them as, as kind of a next step. In addition, the data exchange has what we're calling our physician's portal, which is a way for each individual doctor to, to access the exchange and start to, to share information electronically. And if they do not have the existing credentials when they first come to the data exchange. Uh, at the end of their 
their vetting process and creating their account, they'll actually be issued a credential. And then finally, beginning in January, we're going to have multiple campaigns that are going to be reaching out to the healthcare community and the doctors, raising the awareness, uh, talking about the benefits of what it is, and offer them instruction of what and how they approach Verizon for, for accessing their credentials. Could you uh, briefly describe the technical nature of these multi-factor identity credentials and how clinicians will use them? They're NIST Level 3 credentials that support multi-factor authentication, and they're compliant with the guidelines that are set forth, and it's called FIPS 140-2. And it's, FIPS is the Federal Information Processing Standard. That's the publication for cryptography modules that include both hardware and software components, and, and really the, the guideline and the standards for what and how to do strong credentials in the digital space. So the short answer is really that these are, are network-based. They're called roaming credentials that can be leveraged in the authentication process. And Verizon is going to have many different ways um, or form factors, different ways of, of doing that authentication that we'll be able to leverage and use in order to provide the valid assertion from the, the authentication process and the validation of the identity that's, that's accessing a system. So the basic premise or the, the background behind it is that we're going to be using many different ways of doing the authentication of the identity, any of which can be brought back and put forth as far as what's best for the individual user. And then that will actually create an easier transaction or easier event from the user's perspective, but it still offers the security and, and uh, all the related benefits of having the strong authentication. So can the credentials be used by physicians and others when they want to access any health information exchange, for example, or to use a hospital's own network to access electronic health records? Is, is that something you hope it will be used for as well? And how, how do you get HIEs and uh, hospitals on board to that premise? Absolutely, the answer is yes. By looking to support the entire ecosystem, what we've done is we've created a system that already has the links and the capabilities to support the common interfaces or protocols that are used in the authentication process. So some of those include SAML, Kerberos, OAuth, Active Directory, um, you know, all the, the basic standard interfaces and, and protocols that are, are covered. So what we're doing is the business entities um, should be able to leverage the existing business and technical workflow that, that they have in place today but redirect the authentication verification request to our different servers. So if, for example, a hospital was using SAML as the, the protocol that they use for the uh, authentication, instead of sending their SAML request back to a different system with, within their four walls, doing that verification and authentication and then getting the SAML response, they would be able to take that SAML request, point it to our servers. We would then do the vetting in the uh, authorization, return the SAML re response back to them, and it would go right back into uh, their normal process flow just like it, it was before. So how would this credential help enable someone to move to two-factor authentication then? They could layer biometrics or a hardware token system on top of this? Exactly. When when I said that uh, Verizon was going to have many different form factors or uh, ways of doing the authentication, um, that those are, are perfect examples. We intend to have 14, 15 to begin with that the doctors or the 
practitioners would be able to leverage. And it doesn't have to be one. It can be uh, whatever is, is simplest or easiest for them at the time. Um, it can also get into different levels of security where you could have additional form factors to increase that assertion that the identity is who it is. But you mentioned uh, biometrics, and there are, are a few of those. You've got fingerprints. You've got your mapping of blood vessels. You've got the retinal scans and those types of biometrics. And those could absolutely be form factors or, or biometric ways of offering that second authentication. There are others that we're looking at as well, right? So if a doctor had a mobile phone and had agreed at at the time of vetting or establishing their, their credential originally, that that would be something that they would like to use, then uh, we can leverage the fact that we know who the person is, we know how they're working, and they've offered that, that cell phone as one of the means for communication. You know, in one example, we could, uh, as part of our authorization, we could go through and look up that phone number and send a text message with a one-time password to that phone and uh, have that go through the the authorization process. And we've got 14 or 15 others beyond this that, uh, that we're looking at as well. You mentioned earlier Verizon's medical data exchange and healthcare provider portal. Uh, Help us to understand what each of those are. Do physicians access each of those directly on their own, or are those technologies that a health information exchange might use as well, or a provider organization? It's really all of the above, right? So the data exchange is push technology, so it's really looking at moving information from one uh, application or end user to another specific user. That's different than the HIE uh, perspective where that's really a a pool technology. You've got a a store of uh, healthcare information that you're trying to retrieve from that and and do look up and, and reference. So as you look at this from a nationwide perspective, we've actually got got many different types of interfaces that, that we can do. So from a hospital or an application perspective, we can connect the applications to the exchange. We go through a vetting process with our ICSA labs organization that would would go through and make sure that the healthcare entity is, in fact, a healthcare business. We'll go through and check the security and methodology of what they're doing within their walls and the application itself so that we're not jeopardizing the the security of other members of the exchange. And then we'll create a digital certificate and and issue that to that business. They would then use that certificate in order to interface and connect to the exchange. And then once they're connected, it's secure and encrypted and, and passing secure information. And then they can then reach out to the other members of the exchange to, to interface and send documents to. With the creation of the physician's portal, what we're actually doing is saying you don't have to go from application to application to, to send and share information. You can actually go straight to the end users. So, um, individual doctors are now going to be able to, via the, the physician's portal, log in, sign into the, the exchange, and either send or receive information via that exchange to, to other healthcare professionals. That could be from individual user to individual user or from a user behind a business which is accessing, accessing the exchange directly to that individual user. And so might an existing health information exchange link to either one of these services then? Absolutely, and the Verizon uh, HIE is actually um, doing that as well. So if you look 
at what's happening across the nation. You know, each of the 50 states is doing their own HIE. Um, even within the states, we're ending up with different regional pockets that, that have their own HIEs. And as those individual islands or individual areas of data are trying to reach out and share that information beyond their current footprint, are the medical data exchanges absolutely capable of, of supporting and enabling that and doing it in a fashion where you can you can build one interface to our exchange and you don't have to look at all the different types of systems or other HIE protocols or things that they're doing and uh, you know try and build multiple interfaces. So it sounds like the offering of free identity credentials could help uh, jumpstart interest in your medical data exchange and portal technologies. Is that part of the mission? We believe that it absolutely will be leveraged with our medical data exchange, but we uh, we also think that it's going to be leveraged across the entire healthcare ecosystem. So we're going to take advantage of these credentials with, with our medical data exchange and the physician's portal. We're absolutely going to follow the, the regulations that, that are requiring this strong multi-factor uh, protocol be followed. But at the same time, we are really trying to be good corporate citizens and help move the healthcare ecosystem forward. Thanks very much, Steve. We've been talking today with Steve Archer of Verizon. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.